start jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance from This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening. Whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I'm your other host, Susan Fox. And with us today... With us today is Robin Flanagan, the newly minted creative director of Discami Publishing Company, uh, publishers of manga and role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games, and a lot of other stuff. Uh, welcome to the show, Robin. Uh, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. This is really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is your very first interview uh, as creative director. Uh, my very first interview as a professional, but yes, particularly as creative director, um, it's really exciting and terrifying. <laughs> ah, just relax. You're just talking to essence. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, this is a little scary because it's my first interview, but I'm at the job of creative director. I mean, I've done plenty of writing before. That's only my entire life stream. But now I'm responsible for, well, the creative direction of most of what Discami produces, so you know, no pressure. That's that is a huge thing. That is a huge thing. Well, I think the huger thing is that he's he's living his dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's oh god. I three months ago I was wondering if I was going to survive working in an office where it was more pressure and less time constantly, and then out of nowhere. I mean, it doesn't seem that way to Mark, but uh, Mark McKinnon is the owner, uh, publisher, <laughs> you know, general everything for Discomi Publishing. And he really liked my work on um, the Dramatis Personae, which was a collection of characters for uh, the fourth edition of Big Eye Small Mouth, which was a mm -hmm. successful Kickstarter a couple of years ago. And I had already uh, begun working on the second edition of Silver Age Sentinels, which is called Absolute Power. And from that body of work, he decided – and. Uh, one more thing, there was a hugely successful anime 5e Kickstarter, which made all the money, and with those resources, he decided to offer me this full-time position as creative director, and of course, I, once we determined that we could live off the money, I immediately said yes. <laughs> that is awesome. That yes. What a... Ah, every now yeah. and then you hear about stuff like this happening, yeah. and it just, it raises your hopes. It makes you feel mm. better about your own chances, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see you hear that because the one, aside from the stress of desperately wanting to make sure that I live up to this and make Discommy even more successful, the world seems like it's burning right now. And every once in a while, I feel guilty for having like literally all my dreams come true while it seems like we're about to, to a, a town in Canada literally burned down after it was 120 degrees there. So it's a very surreal time to be alive for me. 
Oh gosh. Well, I think it is for everyone, but yeah. But by gosh, something good's has got to happen to somebody, yeah. oh, and oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. it I, should be to somebody I, brilliant who deserves oh, I, it. I would go that far, but I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> so. So big eyes, small mouth, the, the, the abbreviation B-E-S-M. Of course, right. every time I see that, I want to sing, Besame mucho, <laughs> hold me my tongue. Some, no, uh, don't other let interpretations, me go. But, yeah. <laughs> so. but that is the convention of, of anime, isn't it? Yeah, a big eyes, small mouth. It's the, 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 about as close to some issues you can get to, to the style of anime because, it, I mean, you guys know this. It's not a genre. It's a, it's a style. I mean, there are certain sub-conventions of the genre. I'm sure you know about you know, how the, the takes, the wild takes in anime are different from the wild takes in Western animation. And mm -hmm. there are cultural cues that are uniquely Japanese. But anime does everything. And that's what, you know, so Big Eye Small Mouth is a universal system with an anime feel to it. Right. So it is a tabletop game. Yes. Um, uh, Discami Press uh, Publications started uh, doing uh, uh, board games, but this is uh, Mark McKinnon, the, the founder, was also the guy behind Guardians of Order, the original version of Big Eyes, Small Mouth, and he was able to get to a point of licensing it back from Onyx Path. Ah, I see. Yeah. So it was originally published through Onyx Path, and he was the, he was the creator of it, and now uh, it's his again. Yeah. Well, originally, uh, the company was Guardians of Order, and he published it independently, But um, and it was very successful for uh, half a decade. Um, but it, there were licenses, and, and it grew, and there were – and then, uh, well, the D20 thing happened. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there were also um, uh, exchange rate problems, and, and basically – a bunch of stuff happened that I don't want to relitigate, and he sold the <laughs> license to uh -huh. Onyx Path and basically got out of the business for a long time. But he never gave up on his dream, and when Discombe Publishing was able to find success with um, with, the, with the board games, he relicensed uh, Big Eye Small Mouth for its fourth edition and did a Kickstarter, and it was more successful than he'd... he'd uh, he, he was as successful as he'd hoped it would be. And since then, it's been you know full steam ahead. We're working on... Because one of the things that happened... One of the things that was produced during uh, uh, Guardians of Order's Golden Age was Silver Age Sentinels, which was based on the same system. And so, you know, with Big Eye Small Mouth being successful and the Extras book, which is a expanded rule set, that Kickstarter was also successful. And now we're working on Absolute Power and the multiverse setting for Big Eye Small Mouth. And then Anime 5e just, like I said, made all the money. So here we are. <laughs> That's just, just an amazing, uh, an amazing arc. Just, yeah. Just um, Big Eye Small Mouth has a, a huge, huge reputation in tabletop gaming. Uh, as a matter of fact, our son Chris yeah. said it was the most enjoyable tabletop uh, RPG he'd ever played. Wow, I'm glad to hear that. I, I go all the way back to first edition as a as a fan. I didn't start writing for. Uh, I actually did write for Guardians of Order back in first edition. I contributed several characters to Criminal Intent, their villain book. Um, but uh, I was a fan well before that. I have. Every edition of Big Eyes Small Mouth, um, the Tenchi Muyo game, um, several of the supplements. It was, you know, and, and it's just, it really, to me, fits that, just that, that sweet spot between uh, 
fluff and crunch between character, uh, basically creativity, and still having a solid rule set where you're just not not just making everything up. Uh huh. So it's it, it and well, the the core system is still called TriStat. Your body, mind, soul, very straightforward. You can make it. You can come up with a very complex character, but if you want to go simple, it's really easy to just have. Okay, here's my my uh, attributes. Here's my powers. Here's my skills uh, skill groups for fourth edition. Mm-hmm. And you're ready to go. Complicated is easy. Elegant is hard. It sounds <laughs> like it's a really elegant system. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of my job to to promote the system. But like I said, I I was a fan long before I was I was a writer for the the line. And you know, every game has its advantages. I mean, Anime Five E is a, uh, a a fifth edition. Uh, layover. It's it's much more crunchy and complicated because it's based on the five ESRD, and I'm going to I, I'm actually enjoying working on that too. But big eye, small mouth, and the tristat system. It's easy to become more complicated, but it, yeah, that elegant simplicity. If you want to to you know get all kinds of little fiddly bits in there, and you know because body is strength, agility, stamina, com, you know. Um, all uh, endurance, uh, your your immune system, and you can reduce that to small degrees in in through through particular rules. But it's just you know you look at um, anime heroes in general, in particular, and you know, fiction heroes in general. They're usually pretty broadly competent on uh, in adventure fiction. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's a, a, a wonderful and elegant system. <laughs> So you've got a lot of, uh, as creative, the, the new creative director for a game publishing company. Yeah. That uh, is, that is just, I'm trying to wrap my brain around all of this. I'm sure you are too. So apart oh, from yeah. the writing, what does this entail? I mean, yeah. well, you me, know, there's marketing, there's, you know, yeah. image. Uh, I'm still getting into the marketing side. This is, like I said, it's my first interview and I definitely want to work on promotion I imagine I'll be a major part of the the uh, Kickstarter for Absolute Power, but right now Mark is still the rules guy. I come up with little tweaks and ideas, but he's the man who does all the balancing. What I do is world building, character design, um, history, and basically I de- I I develop the worlds and the characters. And because it's role playing games, it's mostly story ideas. I'm hoping to do more fiction in these settings, but there's so much to do right now. I'm focused on, you know, I, I've come up with the the his, the the recent history of absolute power. I've, I've also gone back and filled in more of the ancient history, but it's mostly about for absolute power. It's where they are now. Uh, the big eye, small mouth multiverse. We already had the sketches. So now I'm turning those sketches into full blown portraits for the multiverse book. Um, and I love doing that. But the, for me, the most exciting thing is we're, and I can't talk too much about this yet, but we're doing a, full fantasy setting to to support anime 5e and i'm basically with consultation with mark you know he has opinions on how he wants the 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 setting to develop so that if you own anime 5e no matter what kind of anime style fantasy game you want to play we can you can do it in this setting or at least as close as makes no odds and that's my um that's my portfolio. That's what I, he wants me to do, and that's what I'm working on. And that's really exciting because that's my only limitation at the moment. So have is it going to take a while for you to really wrap your brain around everything the company is doing? Or is it, uh, but, is it something that you've been following all along and, and we're just able to just jump in? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I've been, certainly been able to jump in. Um, I was already, when I found out that Absolute Power was going to be a thing, I was super excited. And he actually came to me first, I think. Uh, I've been working on it for over a year. So I was able to 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 talk to, to work out what the the twenty years since uh, the first edition have been, and we went back and forth. But um, and then he offered me Big Eye Small Mouth Multiverse, which is I was going to uh, propose working on part of that because I love the Big Eye Small Mouth Multiverse. It's basically it's uh, several major genres it, that you find in anime, and they're all connected through this cosmic web. And suddenly, I get to do the whole thing. And yeah, it's literally my job now. But still, it's like, oh my god, I get to to because this is the sort of thing that is absolutely my wheelhouse, where I get to not only have each of these individual worlds and help them grow, blossom into the settings that they've always had the potential to be, but I also get to to you know, connect them, you know, and say, okay, this is what's going, these, these are the people who've invaded from this world to that world. And these are the people helping over here and crossed over there and how they're clashing. And it's just, but of course, you know, it's a lot because there's all these projects. On the other hand, it's literally my full-time job now. So how many <laughs> it, people can say that their, their, you know, their science fiction writing is, is their full-time job? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a full time writer, but nobody wants to read it. <laughs> oh, I, well, I, I don't believe that. Some true. people who pay me, but not that many. Yeah, yeah. But, but, just, but you, but um, you qualify for Sephwa, I see here. Oh yes, I. Uh, this is science fiction was, writing, isn't it? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, that is just when when I got my confirmation, I just. I just erupted. I was I like, I was giddy. And it was, that was just on, um, Dramatis Personae alone. Although obviously with, uh, with absolute power coming and, you know, there's going to be several books coming in the next, uh, several months, um, the next year. And I just, it's, you know, you work for something your whole life and it's, it, it kind of takes my breath away sometimes. I'm talking about it right now. Is it's become my day to day, and it, it almost there's almost a routine to it now. I actually spend it is part of my job to watch anime and superhero <laughs> fiction uh -huh. and read. Oh God, our kids yeah. are gonna want your job now. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude, I know. it's a job. It's a lot yes. of work. Yes, <laughs> of course. You know, it's not all pleasant because, well, for example, uh, and I, this is not oh, poor what was me. I am so happy, but I. There is going to be a dark fantasy setting. So mm -hmm. I'm also looking at, you know, because I'm more of the epic high fantasy guy. There's, it feels like everyone wants low fantasy. Everyone wants grim and gritty. And you know what? It, if you want that, we've got you covered. But that, you know, my wheelhouse is the high fantasy. So I love doing that mm -hmm. stuff. I love watching that stuff. And so, but I'm also, you know, like I, I'm watching darker, grittier anime. Now, some of that I'm actually enjoying some of that too. I'm an old Full Metal Alchemist fan. I've been watching uh, uh, Demon Slayer. Um, I have some some uh, you know, basically I've been going into some of these other not just you know fairy tale and One Piece and um, uh, Black Clover. And of course, you know, superheroes, I, I mean, I'm still keeping up with the genre, but that's not something I feel like I need to keep up on because well, since I, as long as I can remember, but, um, it's it, the, the, the process of it is much more, the hardest part is actually sitting down and, and putting words together. I'm sure both of you are familiar with this. Oh yes. uh, mm. yeah. 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 Oh, that yeah. first month it was actually, I, I kind of went nuts, but, and then there, I went through a lull because, uh, 
I was asked to do a, a, a last minute, uh, some, some last minute pieces that, for another project, the Tristat minis are coming, and he asked me to help with just one little bit on that. And that threw me off a little. I'm back in the game again, but it's, it's, it, it's wonderful to be able to do the world building and stuff, but then, you know, you have to do, uh, you know, role playing advice and, um, in, in 2021, it's really important to address uh, concerns of inclusion and sensitivity, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm that's very important to me. You know, um, it's you know, you you, you both know that uh, I, my birth name is Peter Flanagan, and well, this is this has freed me to start expressing myself more too, because you know, I was never. I was never told not to at the office, but I, I the preemptively is like I'm not going to risk someone deciding to find another reason to get rid of me because of uh, other affectations, shall we say? <clears throat> mm-hmm. But now I have no fear of that, and I because uh, because I have this enormous privilege now, literally living my dream. It is very important to me to to include as much of that as possible, while adhering to Robert Heinlein's old advice of make it fun first. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, being a creative director implies mm. that you're going to be working with teams of other creatives. Yes. Um, these are teams has, of people sorry, who come from everywhere and express mm. themselves in every way and mm-hmm. and are every color of the rainbow, literally, yes. literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah, I've only I'm only giving a direction to a couple of people at the moment. Um, in fact, I'm probably going to be writing to another author uh, either later today or tomorrow to make sure that we're, we're we can uh, get the ball rolling on the adventure that will hopefully come with uh, with the core book and the Kickstarter. Uh, but at the moment, it's mostly I'm a one man band for the most part. I expect that will change as. Hmm? You and Mark. Well, yeah. Uh, sorry, my, my wife pointing out that um, that I, me and Mark, but Mark is more. He wants to make sure that the direction follows where, where the company is going, and I don't want to, to pretend like he his contributions aren't important. He has been had some wonderful insights and ideas, mm-hmm. but at the moment, it's yeah. You know, I come up with this is my idea. Mark edits. Uh, he comes back with other ideas, and then I try and put them together and. I mean, I think I'm being successful. Um, I haven't seen any really bad reviews of Dramatis Personae, for example, but Absolute Power is the big one. That's I'm I'm reimagining the entire Silver Age Sentinels world. And oh well, that'll be the, the, the acid test for me. Did, did I do a good job of of rebuilding that world? Does it does it uh, corrupt? Absolutely. <sighs> Absolute Power does. Yes, but. Here's the thing, and I'm going to go ahead and and say this one because this is more of a conceptual thing. I'm sure it'll work its way into the text, but there's no such thing as absolute power. That's the real trick. The chase for absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, And Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. and the thing... uh, I'm again. I, I bought Silver Age Sentinels back in the day because it had Silver Age in the name, and I absolutely loved that. <laughs> but Silver Age Sentinels wasn't as bright as its name would have implied. It was one of the problems that the title ran into. People bought the core book, and it was more realistic. I think it's perfectly timed now when we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Arrowverse, and so many people are familiar with superheroes in movies and television and other media. I mean, I hope comic books continue to do well. I've watched on uh, on YouTube people talking about, oh, the the pamphlets they use to sell the real product now, which breaks my heart, honestly. Mm. But I want to make this clear. Absolute power is not the grimdark version of Silver Age Sentinels. 
the world has gotten darker, but not that much because Silver Age Sentinels, it, the ideals of the Silver Age of being a true hero and helping people in need and being selfless and noble, those were the underpinnings, but it was intended to have... Realism is a, is an overly uh, bandied word when it comes to fantastic fiction. Verisimilitude is probably the best way of describing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is the, this is why um, actually even more than the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think the Arrowverse is probably the best example for this, what Silver Age Sentinels was and will in some ways continue to be. Mm. You have people with real problems. You know, they they struggle at work. They're that very Peter Parker to, to go back over to the Marvel uh-huh. side. Yeah, you know, well, that's you, where it came from, isn't it? That's yeah. That was, that's that's why Stanley is is so revered. Right. Yeah, but. My, my point is that you have, you know, your, your struggles with work and romance and your friends don't understand why you disappear all the time. But you're also fighting gorillas on flying platforms and you've got mad scientists and who, who you know, draw upon the power of the cosmos and, and curse you, you know, and it's that that that's still there, too. You know, we have we, we have a, a private detective gorilla uh, from the first edition, Dead Eye Chimp. And he's not a chip, but it, he complains about it constantly, but he puts it on his business cards. <laughs> and he's yeah, he's a private eye, the right. Sam Spade tradition, and he's a gorilla. And that's I know that's not a spoiler, that's from first edition. So oh, okay. that's the setting. You know, you've got people with real problems and real terrors. I mean, the the main bad guy is a the a former Nazi pretending to be his own son. That's again from first edition. So it doesn't feel like a spoiler, but so, you know, you've got real evil here, but it's also that high flying. And that's the, the balance that I'm trying to maintain. There are so many stories all at once that you're having to cope with. Hmm. Uh, Are you having trouble keeping it all straight or is it uh... his dream life must be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Well, I, I mean, this is one of the things I do. I will pace and and work up. I we actually created a my wife and I uh, created a wiki, a private wiki to keep all of it straight. I mean, it's actually kind of behind because I'm always behind on these uh, on these private wiki things, but uh, that helps. But it's actually because again, I was a huge Silver Age Sentinels fan. One of the things that I love about this project in particular for Absolute Power is it always felt like this was a setting that deserved to be one of the big names with. Um, in role-playing with Champions and Freedom City. And because of financial problems and industry uh, situations that were not the fault of anyone in particular, but just the way things happened, it never really got the chance to, to blossom. So, um, like, the the Guard and the Untouchables are the classic teams. There's also going to be, you know, a, an example of an exploratory team, and I've expanded the mystic world and outer space. And... I've written it and reviewed it and edited it so many times that it lives in my head now. But I mean, it does keep, it takes some work to keep track of sometimes. You know, I, like uh, I'm planning on making a, a change in one character's romance or, or romantic life, I should say. And I'm going to have to go through and check the whole book because it's almost done. At least this draft is almost done uh, to make sure that I don't leave any, uh, um, artifacts of the old of the pre-publication continuity but other than those minor bits it's not like i have a great memory i i i I do forget things well that's why you needed the wiki 
Oh yeah, yeah, and, and the wiki is a tremendous help. But it's I and I don't expect anyone else to be like this. Or maybe you know, maybe one or two fans will be so invested in Sentinel Earth that they will uh, formerly Empire Earth uh, mm-hmm. that that they know it this well. But I have been living in this world now for over a year. I started working on this in April of last year, just after the lockdown began. So, yeah. The big eye, small mouth, multiverse stuff. That's I'm worried about making sure I have all of that straight when I when I start really uh, cracking down on that one because I'm still focused on the last bits of absolute power. But um, because I've spent a year with that being the central fictional reality, you know, the fiction of my life, I know that one pretty well now. This sounds like a job that uh, that you're going to be sort of growing into over a stretch of years. This is this is something that 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 has to be written into your DNA. Yes, and I certainly hope I do. I, I Mark McKinnon has basically made my dreams come true, and I want to make sure that I am worth worthy of that. That I what I give to to Discami and to the fandom, I want them to love these worlds i think they're going to i think they're going to want in on that wiki too well that's going to be that's going to be a thing with mark because right now it's a private wiki for development Mm -hmm. that is not intended now we're planning on supporting uh there will certainly be a a fandom.com uh wiki eventually good but this is i mean there's private uh um yeah, my design uh, notes are in there to a small degree. Right, yeah, and, you know, yeah. I, so there's stuff that isn't going to get out there yet because you know, we want you to buy the books. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, this yeah. is yeah. When I was uh, I worked for a motion picture studio for about ten years, and uh, right. we we uh, I was the guy that oh. set up the wiki for the studio, mm-hmm. and uh, and Rhythm and Hughes had a lot of interesting uh, things to put in there. And oh they yeah, they had to keep track of. You know, yeah. hundreds of pictures, and it had to be yeah. done dynamically. You know, it because Ooh. the information changed almost in real time, and the the wiki was indispensable. And of course, it was completely private, right? Uh, and uh, but the value of it was incredible, yeah. and, and um, I I fully applaud the idea of using one uh, to develop um, a, a mind palace. Of something of this <laughs> oh. scale, I'm sorry. There, that's actually there's a character in, in first edition. He builds a mind palace as part of his attempts to to. Uh, I'll get into that later, but yeah, I just I love that turn of phrase. Yeah, it's it's an important one. It's uh, yeah. you have to you have to really be able to live in the thing that you're creating. You can't mm. just diddle at it from outside. And expect hmm. it to work. It's it because it never does. You have to be you have to be present and in the world. And the only way to do that uh, is to be is to just go full bore. And, and the you know the the whole the wiki helps you. the The structure of the wiki follows the structure of a mind palace. In hmm. in that you have a place for everything, and everywhere you go, there's something. Yeah, but nobody lives in a palace alone. You have the staff, the servants, you know. Someone has to muck out the dungeons, but someone has to hang the curtains and, you uh-huh. know, make sure they're all the same color, you know. Yeah. You have to have the heralds who, have, who, who you know, yeah. hang the banners. And, 
I'm I'm so lucky to have my wife as a partner in this. If if, uh, if these worlds are my mind palaces, then she's my Chatelaine. You know, <laughs> no, uh, she's, sure she's my yeah, she she's my my loyal partner and helps me because you know we joke that it, this isn't completely true, but it, there's a very there's a lot of truth to it that I I'm the right brain in this family and she's the left brain, and I think she's far more creative than she gives herself credit for. But th- there's a truth to that, and you know it's not quite I couldn't find my socks without her, but this i'm not sure i could have taken this job without her because she took care of all of the um yeah because now i'm working for myself it's this i am not officially employed by discomi publishing for a variety of reasons so i'm a contractor Uh and that meant getting our own insurance and you know making sure that our taxes are going to be paid and all that and basically she's handling most of that while i'm trying to put these worlds together several at a time I couldn't do both of those things. And she helps me with wikis and we role play in the settings together. <laughs> and I am stupidly lucky. <laughs> oh, yes. It sounds like you are. You're not the only one. Well, that's all. Morgan, we love you. They love you. Hi. She hi. says hi. Um, she, I'm on the earphone, so she can only hear my end of the conversation. Okay. But um, yeah, she says hi. <laughs> Oh, just um, I, I think I will say this uh, about I try not to toot my own horn too much. I don't know. It, I was not raised Catholic, but I, I remember from Murphy Brown, of all things, uh, Frank's parents talking about you, you, you don't don't tempt fate, you know. But I will say this. I'm really glad we had that conversation about the mind palace, because if I have a talent, if I have a gift, that's it. I I spent a lot of time alone as a kid and I learned to build these mind palaces just by accident because I didn't have a lot of friends. I lived at the bottom of the hill in the middle of nowhere with just me and my parents who had lives and my brother who was 11, who was 11 years younger than me. And, um, sorry. And so I started making worlds out of self-defense. And I imagine that's a very common story, not those specific details, but the general story is probably very common in geekdom. It sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. 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 So I was, I was much the same way. I Mm. I started, uh, the older child, you know, who had to entertain himself while the younger child was getting more attention. <laughs> well, and before he was born, too, because, I mean, I got it's not like my I had love. I was not an abusive household. I was I, I and my dad introduced me to so much SF. He introduced me to Foundation and uh, Asimov's Foundation and robot books and the, uh, the Highland Juveniles. Hmm? Yeah, Highland. Yeah, yeah, Highland. And, you know, I, and my mom despite her strong religious beliefs was always supportive of me that, you know, to, to, to be the person that I wanted to be. But, you know, I was still, it was still a very solitary existence for a lot of my life, uh, especially before my, and so, you know, it just, I found comfort and solace in fictions and, you know, even if you don't write fan fiction, uh, it, it's write it down. We all tell those stories in our head. And I'm going to be honest, I have written fan fiction in the past. <clears throat> all but, the best people have. Yeah, probably. <laughs> George R. R. Martin got his start as a DM, as a dungeon master. But you can tell, can't you? <laughs> I think, well, that's where, DM, that's where the wild cards came from. Was, that was oh, a superhero that's game. right. That's yeah. right. I read like the first 10, 11, at least the first 10 wild card books. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't have the love for it. I used to have, it's not that I don't like it anymore. It's just, but when I read them, it was just because I mean, was, I had just gotten back into uh, superheroes at the time. And I say it like, oh, I was at like three or four years because I got comic books until I was 10 or 11. Then you know, my I didn't have any money. You know, I, uh, I I had very little in the way of allowance. My parents got me stuff, though. It's not again, you know, I was not deprived in any meaningful way. I had video games and books, but they stopped buying me comic books for a few years. And I felt like I'd kind of gotten out of them. And then I discovered the X-Men when I could when I started being able to drive. Uh, right around the time of the trial of Magneto, way back in X-Men 200. Ooh. And boy, did that hook me back in because to a 16-year-old, that felt like the adult comic. You know, they were still superheroes, but it was all grown up now. When you're when you're 15, 16 years old, you know. But those sure. were I mean, those were great comic books. We're talking about the... the this is... Cl- the new Claremont X-Men were new at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then shortly after that, I discovered Wild Cards. Mm. And it was just a revelation to me. Um... Ironically, I came back around uh, to being a fan of the brighter, more optimistic comics after going through my my uh, grim and gritty period. Mm-hmm. But at I, least I think you bounced back. That. What's that? At least you bounced back. <laughs> Wish the rest well, of the world would do that. I, I I owe Kurt Busiek a great debt of gratitude, even though he's never met me. Um, but I think the the reason I mentioned Kurt Busiek wasn't just because he's a fantastic author, which he is. But because uh, the, one of the things that he says has informed my my view of the genre for ever since after City first started, uh, ever since I first discovered it, rather, that the genre is capable of just about anything. You know, you can tell just about any type of story in superhero uh, fiction, and like you know, bring it back around to absolute power. I, I want uh, Sentinel Earth to have that feel that. Yes, the primary thing you're likely to do in this setting is put on a costume and save the day. But do you want to do esoteric exploration? Do you want to to solve gritty mysteries? Is it a is it a, 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 a rom com with superpowers? Do you want to do the, any of those things? You, I want anyone to be able to do any of those things in this in Empire City and the attendant universe multiverse. There we go. So yeah. let's look ahead in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm future 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 um future what are we looking at this this fall this 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 okay. year next year um there will be a kickstarter uh in probably in the autumn uh it may, it may be before that but i it, this, these are things that are finalized that i don't want to make definitive statements on but we're looking at uh the kickstarter for absolute power coming in the next few months and then a few months after that it'll be the big guy small mouth multiverse uh kickstarter um, at that point, the, the main writing will be complete. These will be Kickstarters for books that are essentially done. Um, I have done zero artwork. I can, I, I can barely draw a sketch. So, you know, and Mark has found an artist. I wish I knew their name, the art that I've been seeing. I can't wait to share it because so much of it is so amazing. I, cause I've, you know, I've developed a bunch of new characters for the setting and the art for them just has been jaw dropping in some cases, and uh, but okay. So that's what we will be introducing. The so basically the point of all that is is that most of the work is done now. I'm wrapping up the last couple of chapters, um, uh, and so we're looking that that will be a book that's complete more or less, uh, and then 
after that, uh, I'm really going to dive into the Big Eye Small Mouth Multiverse because I've I've gotten the structure together for that one, but I haven't done a lot of the the final writing yet. But I don't expect that to take long once I dive into it because I I've actually wanted to run a campaign in the Big Eye Small Mouth Multiverse for a long time. So then that's the next project. And then after that, and this will be 22. There's no question that we won't even be looking at a Kickstarter until 2022 because we haven't de- decided a final size for this one yet. Uh, that's the uh, Anime 5e setting book, the, the, uh-huh. the fantasy world uh-huh. book. And we're still – it has just been growing and growing um, – and I, I really want that to be if you want to do anime style fantasy, you can do it there because that was you know, Mark suggested that to me and more than a suggestion, really. That was just that, like I said, that was my portfolio. But I immediately became attached to it because I actually had kind of this this setting that I'd been working on with a, a, a vaguely similar motif. It was more high fantasy. But the idea of having all of these regions with all of these different feels to them. But that, again, that's. That's we're looking at um, probably. I'm just gonna say 2022 because I don't want to guess uh-huh. when it'll be ready to kickstart. Yeah, well, it'll it'll be ready when it's ready, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't want to go full blizzard on us here. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, deadlines are important to me. I, one of my few points of pride <laughs> as a writer is that I have very rarely missed deadlines, and usually there were outside circumstances. Actually, yeah, every time there was an outside circumstance, I think. But I, I'm I'm really good with deadlines, and I do not want people who who you know, uh, again, hundreds of thousands of dollars in that anime Kickstarter. I want people to get a good book in their hands at a reasonable amount of time. Now, uh, you know the 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 old Shigeru Miyamoto quote: a, a, a late game is only late until it's out. A bad game is bad forever. Ever since I heard that one, I've kept that very firmly in mind. But at the same time, if you it, it has to come out or there's nothing. Uh-huh. So yeah. It's yeah. that balance. Well, this is all very exciting stuff. Thank you. Your enthusiasm for what you are doing is going to infuse everything you do from this point forward. And it's going to be wonderful. Thank I can, you. I can tell. I certainly hope so. I, I will say this. I, I am in love with everything I'm working on right now. I mean, uh, Silver Age Sentinels turning it into absolute power. There was a challenge for me in finding that right level of darker with while still maintaining that brightness. Um, I, one, basically, one of the things I've kind of tried to keep in mind is, for that in particular is the darkness is there, the villains, the, 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 the pain is there. To to emphasize the brightness. If I had to say to to describe what I'm doing, it's the the decon reconstruction. This is a reconstruction. Uh, I loved Watchmen. I, I still love Watchmen. Uh-huh. I love The Dark Knight Returns, and I know that's you know, people have kind of uh, turned against that. I, Frank Miller went seriously off the rails <laughs> at some point, um, but I do love those those stories. But um, Alan Moore said it best. You do deconstruction to understand what is good and what is problematic about something, and then you rebuild it better. And well, that's that's you know, and that that's kind uh, of a last word on that subject, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that's that is absolutely my goal for absolute power. That it is a reconstruction of the the. I mean, one of many. You know, following. Uh, in the footsteps of giants or if it, uh, and 
the heroes here are still really heroic. I've, uh, I'm emphasizing the, the quote-unquote neutrals, the people who are in those shades of gray. We have more of them in the core book this time. But there is still, you know, there are still heroes who are the bright, noble, selfless examples of what heroism should be. And that's very important to me. And they really stand out when you have these darker, more troubled figures. And of course, you know, the villains have only gotten more powerful and more dangerous and you know, more resources. So, We've been speaking with Robin Flanagan, mm-hmm. the new creative director of Discami Publishing Company, who is shaping the future direction of Big Eyes, Small Mouths, 4th Edition, Anime 5e, Absolute Power, and the TriStat Mini System Mini Games. Robin, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure. You have been listening to episode 219 of Sci-Fi.Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for Saturday, July 10th, 2021. Our guest this evening has been Robin Flanagan, the new creative director for Discami Publishing Company, creators and developers of fantasy and anime tabletop games such as BESM, Anime 5E, and Sailor Moon Crystal Games. To learn more about Discami's games, visit discami.ca. That's spelled D-Y-S-K-A-M-I. This episode will air again on July 11th, 2021 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our own website at sci-fi.radio as podcasts. Sci-fi.radio is listener-supported sci-fi geek culture radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We are asking you to visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and pledge $5 a month to help keep the station on the air. Give the gift of geek music to your friends by helping support the world's only full-time sci-fi fandom radio station. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by sci-fi illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry, and the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2021 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.